Never we should up. do like a morning shock jock thing. No, we shouldn't. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> it's the ship crew. <laughs> Sounds too much like shit crew. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> We are a shit. Crew. We're so full of shib. That's enough. I got nothing else. <laughs> I have nothing else but that noise. I apologize. Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 177. I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames, Caitlin, and Jake. And today we're looking at a sneaky little two-parter. So sneaky! Yes, Improbable Cause and The Die is Cast. Alright, buckle up, because we're doing both at once. Boom! In Improbable Cause, boom is appropriate because Garrick Shop go boom. Uh, Odo begins an investigation and eventually works out, maybe it was this ugly fucker named, uh, uh, Rataya. Rataya. I ugly. I thought he was great. No, his design creeped his me out. His whiskers were I, interesting. He had I interesting loved him. beard whiskers. And he had skittles in his hair, and he sold perfumes, and he was from the same class of creepy weirdo as sort of like Garrick and Quark, like just obviously untrustworthy. And so he reminded me, isn't there, wasn't there a dude like him in the Dominion? Or is he just oh. kind of similar? There was a, like oh, the a merchant. Oh, guy that wanted yeah. to buy Kira's earring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you reminded me of him. Also, yeah. do you think? Wait, wait! I have a question. <sighs> if he had skittles in his hair, do you think his byline for his brand was "Smell the Rainbow"? Oh God. Yeah, fuck you. Okay. But he couldn't smell the rainbow because Odo started mixing things to make a heart attack drug. And the guy's like, "I only didn't want to smell it because I said it would be stinky." And Odo's like, "Uh huh." I have no sense of smell. Odo then goes to follow the guy, and Garrick's waiting for him in the runabout, and, get, and Odo's all like, what Road the fuck trip. are you doing here? And Garrick's like, I'ma go with you, and we're not gonna argue about it, because you gotta lose your quarry. And Why Odo's Garrick's like, so weird? I don't know. And Odo's like, ah, fuck. So they start pursuing Stinky Man, but right when he's about to go to warp, his ship goes kerblooey, and- I miss when- him. They analyze the uh, bomb. They're like, oh, this is a sort of bomb fired by the Romulans. And now Garrick is actually kind of like, oh, fudge. Because he's like, why would the Romulans want to kill me? That doesn't make sense. But he didn't say fudge. Mm. And then Odo's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I have my uh, sources. Uh... And he goes and talks to a man (laughs) in a cave who's all like, whoa, you know, Garrick's not the only one that almost did the dying thing. And he gives him a list of names. And uh, Garrick sees those names and, like, legit shits himself. Uh, and, and then it's he like, does say fudge, because Bashir gives him some chocolates. That was a little earlier, but yes. Or is that later? No, it's like, later. It is? Got they it. talked about the chocolates already, though. Yes. I, and I loved the picture of Garrick being like, I'm not going to get to your pants. I've been too busy sitting around eating bonbons. <laughs> Garrick is clearly um, a kept woman by Julian, just saying. Yes. So... I think it's around now that Odo is all like, you blew up your own shop to get me involved in this investigation. Jimmy Poison wouldn't have blown you up. He'd have poisoned you. And Garrick goes, That's why they call him Jimmy Poison. (laughs) Yeah. Because he poisons people. (laughs) Yeah, Garrick couldn't have just called Wolf because everyone knows there are no wolves. Yes, yes. In space. Never tell the same lie twice. So Garrick's like, look, all these people were like, Close associates of an Abrantane, and, Love you know... Him too. So was I, and, you know, he might be in danger, or maybe he's the one killing people or something. So he calls up an Abrantane, but the phone is instead answered by a total uh, G-Milf Mila, or at G-Milf? least... G... Grandmother I'd like to fuck. See, I was gonna say G-Gilf, because his grandmother Garrick would like to fuck. Anyway, Garrick clearly has a thing for this old broad. I think it was his mom, dude. Really? I thought they were implying they were kind of angry. No, I don't think it was. No, it wasn't his mom. I was just trying to be gross. Uh, Anywho, they're all like, oh shit. And she's like, oh, Elim, uh, fucking Tane has vanished. Please, I think he's in danger. Help him. And Garrick's like, all right. And then they zoom off to like 
where Garrick knows Tane has a safe house that no one is supposed to know about, including him. But obviously Tane knew... Especially him. Yeah, but Tane knew that Garrick knew, because when they get there, a Romulan bird of prey decloaks. Not bird of prey, warbird decloaks. And it's like, wait, what? And they're brought on board, and Tane is sitting there at a Romulan desk, like, what up, Garrick? And hey, girl, so basically... Hey, so long? The, yeah... The Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order have been working together on a plan, clearly separate from last week's Romulan plan, to invade the fuck out of the Dominion. Go straight- The worst idea ever. Go straight to the Founder homeworld and kerplode the shit out of it. And it turns out, this is the fleet Riker stumbled- well, Thomas Riker stumbled upon. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And the intelligence gathering that was brought up, you know, in the Miles Bouncing Through Time story comes up again. Things are paying off! So, Tane's all like, so, Garrick, time to let you back into the whole Obsidian Order Cardassian Society thing. And Garrick's like, bitchin'. End of episode. Next episode starts with uh, Julian and O'Brien having lunch and Julian really not enjoying the conversation. Then the plot continues. Odo's been imprisoned, and they, you know, Tane is sure, like, he must know more about the Founders than he's letting on. He gives uh, Garrick a device that makes it so Odo can't shapeshift and go torture him and interrogate him, uh, and he switches it on, and the real issue isn't even so much that he can't shapeshift, it's that he also can't turn back to goo, and he's, you know, come to goo times. Yes. Yeah, and there's and there's no Luwaxana's dress to curl up in. Right, and even if there was, he'd still be solid and flaky. You know, eventually he breaks down and admits that, you know, he would like to go and join his people even though they suck. Garrick, Just like Garrick. Yeah, yeah, Garrick has a feel bad because he's kind of lost his edge over the years. And then the plan goes to shit because... There was a traitor. They get there, they shoot the planet, and they're like, hooray, we fucked up the landmass. Great, how many changelings are dead? And they're like, beep, boop, boop, none. And someone (laughs) goes, oh shit, they have a probe sending false data. They're like, oh god, the planet's been evacuated. Do changelings send out life signals? Uh, Apparently. Or some kind of signal they know how to read. So it turns out the uh, Tal Shiar Colonel Lovok has been a changeling the whole time. Bum, bum, bum. And helps Garrick and Odo escape because no changeling has ever harmed another. Except uh, psychologically. A yes, lot. frequently. You know, and they're trying to get out of there in their runabout and it's not going well. But hey, the Defiance shows up because in a B-plot, Cisco was all like, I'm gonna go look for Odo. Odo? Because, well, actually, first what happens is a metric fuckton of Romulan and Cardassian ships decloak near DS9. And they go, oh, fuck, because that would have sucked. But then they just go to the wormhole. And then some yellow you can't go shirt. through the wormhole while cloaked? I, I mean, you'd think you could. I think they just wanted to show off. Some yellow like shirt them. admiral is all like, you know, here's this message we intercepted from Tane, basically explaining his plan. And Cisco's like, well, I gotta go try to see if Odo and, to a much lesser extent, Garrick are alive. And, you know, he's like, it's a volunteer mission because we've been told not to go because Starfleet secretly hopes this works, the assholes. And they go and everyone, of course, volunteers, even Eddington, who's back. But oh no, Eddington sabotages the cloak under direct orders from Admiral Todman. And Ben's like, oh, you prick. Uh, And they fix it. And still let Todman run tactical because somebody's got to, I guess. You mean Speddington? Huh? What did I say? You said, to- you said Todman. Oh, yeah, Eddington there. Krull. That was his character's name. Anyway, so they save Odo and Garrick and go back to DS9. And Anabrantane is presumably killed, but who the hell knows with a guy like him. And like Odo Anabrin- and... And then Odo and Garrick have a moment where Odo's just in a mirror for some reason. It's oh, a pretty it cool shot. Great. It's a great yeah, no, shot. It's, like, I, I, don't, I don't quite get why, but it looked really it looked, cool, so I'm not going to question. I, I'm, I'm sure we can talk about any, like, symbol, symbology and, like, like, the imagery therein. And, like, oh, it's like looking in a mirror because the two of them are so similar and mm. they have, both have this, the same kind of wish. And you wipe away the ash that's on top of it to see what's inside. And it was it, yeah. it, very lovely shot. Were these both directed by Brooks or just the uh, first one? I, think I didn't just, check. I think just the first one was directed by Brooks. Okay. 
Okay, well, I probably won't name this one after Mirrors because I probably did that last week, but... Um, yeah. So... It's a, it's a, it's a two-parter that's very chain of command to me because every single thing between with, with Odo and Garrick was fucking gold and everything else, I was just like, why is this happening? Why do we have... Why am I have this? You mean like the stuff on the Defiant? Every single thing that was on the Defiant. I mean, I like that we got Eddington back a little bit. um, And I like that we were reminded that he's kind of a tool. What the fuck was the plan, though? Because they swoop in to a battle with 150 Jem'Hadar ships and survive. Well, I think they survive because their ship is extremely maneuverable. And small. And small. And they really, you know, it's not like they took on the whole fleet of Jem'Hadar. The Jem'Hadar were attacking the Cardassian and Romulan fleets. So I think... Why, you know, they, were, they th- why were they there, though? Who? Were they, they just there to rescue Odo? They were That's just there to plan. rescue Odo, yep. yeah. Yep. That's There's- a terrible plan. Well, it's a good thing they were there. Otherwise, they would have been deaded. It's a good thing they were there because it allowed the writers to give the Defiant something to, something to do when they could have just found a better and a different way for Garrick and Odo to escape. No, I don't know. I think that, um, I mean, I, I believe that Cisco would take the Defiant on a suicide mission to try and rescue Rescue Odo. one person? Yeah, yeah. he's Cisco. No. He's kind of nuts. He is nuts, but everyone else should have been like, dude, we, the Romulans and Cardassians have this covered. If we go out there, it's a bad thing. I don't, I find it interesting, though, that the, that the cloaking device suddenly works. Like, before it didn't work. On the uh, on the Dominion, but now it does. Did they upgrade it at any point? I know the Romulans. No, I'm assuming it's the, I assume it's the same one from. Before. You mean the one on the Defiant, right? Yeah, the, the one on the Defiant. Well, you just said they weren't they, they weren't targeting the Defiant so much. They were tar- they were they had their hands full with Romulans and Cardassians. Well, yeah, but I feel like the Defiant should have gotten intercepted on its way to the battle. Well, maybe they weren't expecting the Defiant. They were expecting because Lovak told them Cardassians and. Romulans, ahoy. Mm. Yeah, one thing I thought interesting about this episode was, um, yeah, so at the start... Fucking Gar- Caesar? What was, what was that noise? Jesus. Garrick is um, reading Julius Caesar. Mm. And then, you know, the title of the second episode is The, the Die cast. cast. It was going is- to originally be Improbable Cause Part 2, which oh. would have been logical. The fucks! <laughs> well, they, want, they wanted to get another Caesar reference in there. But other than, other than that... I mean, and I guess, yeah, it's a cross the Rubicon moment. But what, like, were they trying to draw some kind of Brutus betrayal metaphor with Garrick and the, and the whole thing with, with Odo? Or they're just talking, I mean, obviously non-lethally, but Here's- alluding to Garrick's presumed betrayal of Tane. Or Here's they're the talking about the changeling who literally has been acting like Tane's friend the whole time and blew the whole jig, right? I mean, that's what I assumed. Here's yeah, I guess, I guess that's possible. This wasn't, this wasn't meant to be a two-parter. Really? They wrote Improbable Cause. They were already in the work of, like, production of, like, you know, constructing the sets and shit to have Improbable Cause get filmed. Because they filmed it before Through the Looking Glass, which everyone w- will remember, we covered last week. Because they had to shift release order up so that Through the Looking Glass would be released earlier because... They get Comprobable Cause, they couldn't figure out a way to write themselves out of it. Because, you know, the whole plot is Garrick blows up his own tailor shop because he's afraid he's going to get assassinated because of him killing Entech in Second Skin. Oh! Um, And they realized, eh, well, we don't know what we're going with that yet. We'll figure it out. And they were originally going to end the episode with him being, like, you know, captured by Anna Brintain and being like, I've got an isolinear rod that my good friend Bashir has, and he's going to release all the info and you'll be fucked. And the end of is like, oh, no, in that case, you all can go. But that ending would have been shit. Yeah, it would have been dumb. And yeah. Michael Piller, in his last decision as executive producer on Deep Space Nine, because he's about to leave to go produce Legend which I don't know anything about. What the hell is that? Yeah, I was going to say, sounds show like a bad on, choice, frankly. Show on UPN. He, he swoops in and says, how about you make it a two-parter? He doesn't leave and joins up with Tane, and then we actually get the Romulan-Cardassian war with the Dominion. And they're all like, oh, 
yeah, let's do that. Let's literally write part two right now and figure this out as we fucking go. Mm. I like it. I mean, I will say, it's funny because I feel like this was mostly better paced and felt better planned out than a lot of intentional two-parters we've had. Well, yeah, because I think a lot of times with with two-parters, they they have one idea for an episode and then they just got to stretch it out. Yeah. But in this, it, it I mean, if you think about it, it does kind of feel like two episodes glued together because mm. the first episode is pretty much just about Garrick blowing up his shop. True. Which would have been a shitty like singular episode, I thought. Yeah. I would have yeah. been, been hard meh. And then it naturally, you know, very naturally just segues into this Romulan Cardassian plot. But if, you know, if you really think about it, they're not very connected. And and the thread that connects those two is extremely thin because it's literally Tane wants to get rid of his his old Obsidian, uh, order, Obsidian buddies. order buddies so that when he comes back, there'll be nobody that has any dirt on him. Like that's the only connective tissue between the blowing up the shop plot and the war plot is like just Tane being Tane. So that that does kind of, now that you mention it, that it was written that way, it's like, eh, okay, that was kind of thin. But because it's Garrick and Odo throughout both episodes, it actually kind of works. Yeah. So I just looked up legend. In the waning days of the 19th century, dime novelist Ernest Pratt assumes the persona of his noble literary hero, Nicodemus Legend, and roams the Old West with his scientist friend, Dr. Janos Bartok. It only lasted one season, and it was probably really bad, but apparently Dr. Janos Bartok was played by John Delancey. How fun. Mm. Interesting. Which is the only reason I even bothered saying anything about it. (laughs) Well, we should go try to find it on DVD and do a 10 forward about it. I would watch that. Oh, I mean, no. Yeah, because the hero is Richard Dean Anderson, who... Richard Dean... I don't know who that Richard is. Richard Anderson is fucking it. amazing. Are you out of your fucking mind? Who is that? I, Did I you seen... just shit on fucking uh, Richard Dean Anderson? Fucking MacGyver? MacGyver? Colonel Jack O'Neill, two L's? What the fuck is wrong with you? So the problem is the only thing I've seen him in is episodes of NCIS when I'm visiting my parents, and that show blows. Oh, don't watch NCIS. I don't. My parents do because they're old. Is he what on star? NCIS? Who, who is he on that. NCIS? He's the lead guy. He's the Silver Fox? Yeah. Don't you fucking shit Fox. on him. He's hot. Still a oh, bad man, I show. I didn't know he was on that. Yeah, no, he's the lead. Yeah, you know what, though? He probably fucking sleeps on a big pile of money at night, so I wouldn't worry too much about the quality as you uh, as you see it. Oh, yeah. Like, his name comes first on Stargate before the title of the fucking show. He yeah. is a fucking um, big man. Anyway. I th- anyway. Uh, Star Trek. Are you I didn't sure? realize MacGyver no. was hot. This changes you are, everything. You are incorrect. What do you mean? The guy on, according to this... The oh, guy, that's Mark Mothersbaugh, isn't it? Mark uh, t- Mark Harmon. Harmon, rather. Okay, I've never seen Richard Dean Anderson. Never mind. Who's Mark Harmon? Okay. Uh, he's apparently not. From he's the guy, the guy from oh, NCIS is Mark Harmon. Uh, we're talking about Richard Dean Anderson, who's we're amazing. We're talking about Star Trek. Come on. Oh, yeah, All Star Trek. Your face. Wait, I have a question. Are we talking about Batman? No. Okay, good. That was last week. Oh, okay, No good. more Batman. All right. So, yeah, overall, I thought this one was paced pretty well. The Defiant stuff was clearly, like, a little padding, but not as egregious as yeah. some we've had. It felt very much like a, oh, we need a, we need a way to include the rest of the cast doing something. Yeah. What will it be? Oh, they'll be the ones that save them at the end. Okay. But everything else, though, like, this had some amazing Garrick lines. Oh yeah, Garrick is is killer throughout. It I feel bad because our, our our Garrick specialist Ross yeah. was supposed to guest today, but he got called into work. But yeah, well, oh god, but he had some great lines. Never tell the same lie twice. That was great. The truth is just an excuse for a lack of imagination. There's always a wolf. Oh, that's yep. my line. Sorry. Oh right. You said that shit, before. Tane. Eat shit. Yes. He was so sad Tane wouldn't come no, with him. He loves Tane. So much. I love Tane. Tane I, like I think Tane, is a great like, is a great uh, character. He he couldn't he just couldn't comprehend that that his plan didn't work and it Oh, just, the plan it, was awful. It drove him mad. Yeah, no. Yeah. He went he went literally nuts. Like next time why, we're gonna mm-mm. Why would anyone think that going and destroying one planet would stop the founders? Well, I think well cuz I think their idea the idea was that that was the founder's planet, and like literally all of the founders were there. If you destroyed 
Earth, would the Federation crumble? No. Well, I, well no, Everyone's because, in space. Well, except they're, yeah, they're ideal, sort of the head honchos, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're the head honchos, and the idea was also that because the drug that the Jem'Hadar need yeah. to survive is only produced by the founders. But where? Uh, where is it produced? The, I don't. They didn't explain it, but they, okay. I, the, the, what they did say was that oh, if we knock out the founders, we will knock out the supply of drugs to the Jem'Hadar, and they won't be able to fight anymore. That's the thing. But like, they're making a lot of very, very big assumptions, which they should never. Like, when you combine the Obsidian Order and the Tal Shiar, <laughs> they should have been way smarter than this to assume that the founders were limited to one planet. Well, we did also, you miss the also Tal Shiar. <laughs> As I say, you okay, also have to in order, then. assume, though, that like one of the head people that was planning this whole thing, right, was on the was, inside. Was a fucking founder. True, Lovok. So, so that guy might have been like, "Hey, the Federation gave us this great intel that all of the founders are always on this one planet, <laughs> and all of the drugs are on that planet too." We also don't know, like, among the other. I mean, we only saw Tane, but obviously other Cardassians were involved. One of them could easily have also been a founder. There's probably founders fucking everywhere. Yeah. Everyone is a founder, especially yep. me. Especially mm. O'Brien. <laughs> well, now that he's from the future, probably. Actually, it's not all of O'Brien, it's just his hair. One night a founder snuck in, shaved his head, and became his hair. He has no clue. What the fuck mm. is wrong with Chris? I blame all the black tar heroin. No, it's, uh, did they ever say what the name of the drug was? We heard it, yeah. Didn't we hear at the time that they actually had a baby Jem'Hadar? I know they talked about it. I don't remember if they, they said what Well, the they name said he was, was addicted to something, but they didn't name yeah. it. I mean, so it I does don't... eventually get a name, but I won't drop it now. Yeah, I can't remember if they said it. That's the spoiler of... where that's too far. Interesting. Yep. Well, I especially think it's funny because several episodes ago, you were like, oh, bold of them to assume that that's their home world, and now I know why you said that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> but it's true, though, right? Like... Even if there wasn't a, a plot that the founders had infiltrated, it still seems crazy that they would let their the location of their homeworld known to their enemies mm. um, regardless. Yeah. So I, want, I wonder if this means, though, that um, you know, Odo's little garden has been is all destroyed now. No, his garden was all just other changelings pretending to be trees. Oh. Damn it. That seems likely. Yeah, for some reason, I remembered this episode very differently because I remembered the Odo getting tortured by Garrick scene literally going on for the entire episode. Well, it fucking felt that way. It was horrible to watch. Oh, it was one scene. It was one fairly short scene, and I was surprised because I felt like we saw him in different stages, but we don't really. We see him realize, oh, fuck, I can't change. Ah, and then we see him again. I don't know how many hours later it must have been. Probably many, because we didn't see him get that bad with Lwaxana in the elevator. And then we see him fucking coming apart, like flaking to pieces for that a was quick horrifying. scene. Yeah. Like, I, for some reason, I don't know why. I felt like I really wanted to see the different stages to see him hold out longer with Garrick. Maybe if we cut all of the fucking defiant shit that I don't think we needed at all. To just really just have nothing but a, the Garrick and Odo show, which I would be into. I like how whenever they need a small room now, they just use the defiant quarters bunk room and just mm. redress it. Like, I'm pretty sure that little interrogation room, because it had the bunks on the wall, so... Oh, I didn't even notice. But yeah, man, that machine... Yeah. I don't know, so... One thing I've always thought about on this episode is just how... Like, I, it is unbelievable to me that Garrick is forgiven at the end. Just, I, I think just, it's believable because Odo realizes Garrick wants the same thing he wants. Yeah, but he was also tortured by Garrick. Yeah, because it's the way Garrick is showing he's worth going back. Like, if he didn't, Tane wouldn't let him come home. Oh, yeah, and no, I Odo, understand that. Odo, but Odo, like, I, wants to go home so badly, he understands, I think. I mean, I also just don't think the other people... Because surely the others know that this happened. Don't call me but, Shirley. <laughs> like, how does Bashir feel about Garrick torturing Odo? Does Bashir know? I don't think he knows. You don't think so? You don't think that was in the report? Oh, actually, yeah, it's probably in the report. Thing is, a report of the nature of this kind might be like... Super, super top secret. Like, only maybe Cisco gets to look at it. Cisco you know? might not even get to look at it. 
Who knows? I mean, Odo got to look yeah, at it. Yeah, we know Odo got to look at it. Because well, because he, he was there. Thanks for not including the whole part about me talking about how I really want to go be an asshole with my friends. They probably had to review each other's reports to make sure that the evidence was corroborated or whatever. Yeah, I don't think they, they allow both. you to look at other people's reports to corroborate your story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What this guy said, actually, I, no, I forgot no, yeah, that part. Yeah, you're right, actually. Mm. Well, Odo is the, like that. Is Reverse the, it. Yeah, Odo is the chief of security or whatever. He also just may have used one of his contacts at Starfleet mm. to get a copy of it. Yeah. He's got contacts everywhere. It's, that's the one thing about Odo is his contacts all over the place are a little convenient. We learn uh, this episode, and I'm assuming it's the truth. He might, he might have been lying, but I doubt it, that Odo doesn't have a sense of smell, which I think is a bad quality to have in a chief of yeah, security. Yeah, I think he was just full like, of shit. I think he was okay, just lying to that lying? guy. I do. You think he can smell? Yeah. I think well, I so. don't know, because he, he doesn't smell eat. Like? But well, here's the thing. He doesn't eat because he can't taste, and like 60 or 70% of taste is smell, so I would be willing to bet he can't smell. Yeah, maybe. He can't taste. Yeah, I don't. I thought he just didn't eat because he doesn't he, have organs. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't need to. Oh, I thought he said. Well, I thought. Well, I thought he said it was like unsatisfying, and I thought that that was because he couldn't taste. But I guess I could be dreaming it. Now, now I don't remember. Yeah, I assumed it was unsatisfying because there's nothing he can do with the food. Yeah, it just kind of plops out of him at some point. No, Ugh. the satisfying part of eating isn't subsequently digesting and taking a shit. It's. It's also feeling full. It's also feeling like you're no longer hungry. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember, and I, I don't intend to look up. I don't either. I just, I, so I would say that I believe that he doesn't smell. I think he knew okay. exactly what he was grabbing, and he knew that those things would combine into a thing. Oh, yeah. Because whether he could smell or not, he knew which bottle, bottles, he knew which bottles he was looking for. Yeah, because he scanned them. Right, so, yes. He scanned Johnny Poison's supply. I really liked Retea, and I know that this episode also got uh, nominated for an Emmy in hairstyling, and I can only assume it's because of Retea's hair, because there wasn't a ton else going on with hair in this episode, if I remember. Uh, Odo's hair got really fucked up when he was falling to pieces, which I found distracting and gross. (laughs) I was like, why is that happening? Yeah, shouldn't it just shouldn't his hair just have like flaked off or, like, like the rest of him? Yeah, it, well, he it, couldn't it melt. felt really weird that he suddenly looked like an abused Barbie doll. I was like, that doesn't mm. seem right. Like, melting is what he wanted to do, mm. but he couldn't. Yeah, you're right, flaking off. Either yeah. way, I, becoming drier. Like, because I don't think of, I don't look at Odo's hair and think, ah, yes, there are several separate hairs. I think of it as being like one piece of thing he shaped into a thing. So I don't really necessarily think it could come like, you mm, know, yeah, on on whatever. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Who knows? I did like you know. It's a nice little touch, Lovok, when Tane is like, "Oh, we got this new secret thing. You should go try it out on 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 Odo." And Lovok was all upset about it. I was like, "Oh, ooh, he didn't know about that." Yeah, let's just learn that he was a changeling. Yeah, it means a lot more when you realize, oh, changeling, yeah. like, oh god, oh god, oh god. I could get fucked by this. Yeah. I don't know how they could have possibly made something like that and been sure it would work. I was actually kind of surprised that it actually was effective because I was like, how would you even tested this thing? Well, they probably honestly have like samples of Odo. <laughs> probably. The, the Cardassian? Oh, yeah, maybe they do. They I mean, probably yeah, got him from Dr. They've Morris. They studied Odo lab. every which way. Like pulled off they, one, they, of his, yeah, one of his legs of like studying. some kind of starfish shit. Either that, or, or they just have all of Mara's records, so they know yeah, what Odo is made out of and what makes him tick. How it should work? I in guess, theory. but I still don't think it would work right without having anything to test it on. Like I think they would have to have samples. I don't think they could just have a record. Mm, well, they might. Yeah. I know the writers also said out. it's a good thing we wrote this out because this would be a great weapon to have against the founders in the future. But oh no, their only prototype was destroyed in this battle. And it was Tal Shiar, so or not Tal Shiar, the other one. The Obsidian, Obsidian Order. Order. Yeah, so they probably didn't have good records on it either. Or like, they you just, feel like you after know. they made the first one, they like burned the blueprints, and then someone ate the ashes just to make sure. It's also possible that um, you know they made off with it. You know the, the Dominion got a hold of it. That's true. And you know came up with a countermeasure. Well, well, that'd be smart. Yeah. So I have a question. I would like to know what the Cardassian version of Deep Throat is. 
Oh, um... And I would like to offer Long Neck. But I'm <laughs> open to other suggestions. Um... I don't know, but I was—I I thought "Sultry Eyes" was appropriate for given how it was shot. "Sultry Eyes" would be good. That's I don't true. know what we're talking about right now. When uh, the, the, when the guy that that Odo met in the cave. Yeah, because we we oh, never see his yes. face. Oh, I don't want you oh. to see me because I've changed my appearance, and I was like, wow, all, it just felt very. Do you know who that was? The actor. Ducat. No, that was uh, the the actor who played, because I know J- this came up earlier because Jake was like, I remember this guy. Uh, the guy who played Galt from TOS and uh, Tumek in that episode with the Klingons. Remember Galt? What the, did Galt do? Remind me. Galt was in, oh, the episode with the girl with the, with the baked potato tits. Um <laughs> Oh, he was the with the yes, yes, him. Yeah, I don't remember the, baked potato. The, the I don't remember vampire. a baked potato tit or uh, Lady pit- Gaga with oh. the lime hair. He was the big vampire man that ran the games. Oh. Games is a Triskelion. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. Holy shit! Oh yes, I I didn't remember his name. I don't. You're the one. Don't. That, you're the, a couple episodes in. I know. I remember um, he was House in, of Quark. He was like, in House Wasn't of that Quark. that guy? Yeah, you've nailed that. But I, I didn't recognize him here because yeah, yeah. it's just literally his eyes, only saw his eyes. You don't know him just from his come fuck me eyes? Yeah. Yeah, it that was, was a pretty like, scene. It was, although it was kind of like, it didn't work for me. The one thing was just like, Odo's looking all around yeah. and the one thing he doesn't do is look up. Well, the guy told him not to look. He said, don't look at me. I don't want you to see me with my new face because Cardassians fucking really love getting plastic surgery. That's true. Maybe I don't it want was you to botched. see my new face. Is that yeah. is that the he's a, he doesn't want him to see it yet because his episode of botched Cardassia hasn't gone live yet, and he he actually he looks like handsome Squidward now. Hmm. I mean, really, Odo. If if you're told don't look at me, you usually just sit and you plant and just look away. Yeah. Not Whereas just Odo keeping was looking like, around. Yeah. So it was a little weird. It that just was felt weird, like, but the but like the lighting the scene was good. Was great. But that one thing kept like distracting me, like, oh no, just sit still. Yeah. It also went take- on. It also went on forever, that scene. It was yeah. really long, yeah. And it was also just kind of it felt like it was just thrown into the episode in a way, just to be like, Okay, we need to join the the, the you know, we need to get Garrick over to Tane's. So let's do this. Let's have a big long scene, big long deep throat scene. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. It didn't strike me as being that long. I didn't notice. I felt I found it very, very long, especially maybe maybe because there were only so many ways that they were doing the filming shots. True. It's mm-hmm. either look at Odo looking around or look at the informant's eyes. And that mm-hmm. was basically the two shots they had for probably six or seven minutes. I also True. just kind of wish that it was a character that we knew. You know, I mean, I, I like the idea that maybe it is and we just don't know who it is. You know, he did. He, yeah. After the plastic surgery, how would we know? Maybe it is Tumek. It was literally it was actually literally just Garrick yeah. putting, <laughs> putting on a voice. It, it was keep the, him going in the right direction. It was the lawyer that defended O'Brien. <laughs> you, you flatter me, sir. Uh, our our listeners hate us. My goodness. <laughs> um, but I'm amused, and that's all I care about. I, I My first thought at the start of that scene is like, oh, hey, it's that cave where not Kira got almost eaten by a crystal. Mm. God, yeah. I hated that fucking... It, it, it's it's the cave of Star Trek. It. Yeah. It's probably also the same cave that the fake device that Picard was looking for in Chain of Command was in. It's yeah, the same the cave with... that Kirk found the dick rock in. Same cave with Worf and his half-brother. Same cave with uh, where those aliens were eating souls from time oh, zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Somebody already say it's the same cave where John Luke Pickard almost got dead and Wesley had oh. to save him. Oh, and Final yeah. Mission. It's also that cave. I don't know. That cave, yeah. that one was full of ghosts. Listen, it was the only cave I could think of, okay? I just wanted to play the game. <laughs> the cave game. Name that cave. <sighs> did anyone notice? And by anyone, I mean Chris. Did mm. Chris notice that the Romulan costumes are new? Okay, 
I'm not going to lie and say I definitely did, but I definitely thought, something seems weird, but I don't know what. So they're, they're, they completely remade them finally. They did, because Ronald D. Moore fucking hated Romulan uniforms, because it just looks like they put a quilt over a box. Yeah. Um, were these ones like, trimmer or something? They were no material at the very least, okay. and I think they were probably like sleeker. Yeah, because I feel like the shoulders maybe weren't quite as. Yeah, they look upsetting. less like they look less like blankets. Okay, all right. I didn't, you know, I'm not gonna lie and give myself big points and say like, aha, but yeah. I did feel like something was weird. But I wouldn't really... have noticed. They just looked way it. boxier than usual. They that always look boxy. No, but like this episode in particular, I was like, Jesus Christ. I felt, See, like I felt like they, they were made of fucking ac- cardboard. It felt like we'd gone back to the 60s, but instead of making the fucking sets out of cardboard, they just made these people's shoulder pads out of pizza boxes. See, I felt like they looked super extra boxy in Visionary more than this. In Visionary, they were really boxy. Yeah, those, were the, those are still the, the older costumes. They have new yeah. costumes for this one. And I think it might be, it might just be for the Tal Shiar. We'll see in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. We learned, we learned a lot of, about uh, costumes because when uh, Garrick is always going on about Julian's pants, and I'm like, man, that's what that's how much like work you have to put into cleaning the gist dates out of Julian's pants. Oh. You have to blow up the tailor shop? Man. <laughs> They're a lost cause, those pants. Shop, I was, shop's going down. I was all ready to make a crack about, uh, well, that's going to you know ruin Julian's pants, but then uh, Garrick, Garrick beat, beat me to you the to punch. It. Yep. It just it still doesn't make any sense to me why you would ever need pants or any clothes mended or altered in the fucking world of replicators. Listen, waste not, want not. What? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can understand like a, like a fashion design, you'd probably just like do it on a computer. Yeah, program it. And then make the dress well, He even in a mentioned replicator. his replicator making patterns, didn't he? Yeah. But, like but if to, he needed his pants mended, it might have just been a really simple, like, little stitch on the seam type of situation. He needed he needed the crotch drop to accommodate his long balls. <laughs> <laughs> he is 30 I'm now. over 30 now, Garrick. I'm going to make room for my long balls. Uh, uh, callback. I'm trying to think. Yeah. During the show, I actually messaged Chris and was like, wow, Garrick's ex-boyfriend is super toxic. Tane? Yeah, it just seems very like, because I think it was partly because Odo was like, oh, you co- clearly care a lot about this person. And I was like, yeah, dude, we all know they're dating. No big deal. And then he gets there and he's a total dickhead. Well, Gaslighting you- him and shit. Trying yeah. to get him killed, you know. <laughs> Doesn't trust him. It just, I I was very uncomfortable and I was really grateful that Garrick had found Julian and then when Julian was trying to, like, go on with his life and having lunch with fucking blunt tool O'Brien, expecting him to have a fucking... <laughs> expecting him to have a fucking opinion about theater. I nice. was like, Julian, was great. what the fuck are we doing? He likes dares. I can't find a replacement for you. Dare, I wish I could quit you. <laughs> Meanwhile, um. Garrick's off cheating on him with his piece of shit ex. I'm just saying. Julian has been ill-used. And I do I do hear we're going to see Mila in the future sometime. And really? I'm very excited because she and Garrick must plow. Mm. I don't know if they plow. I just think maybe she's like his like, main hag. Well, I don't know. I just, I, my assumption was that like Mila was sort of his, like, like, so they say that Mila is Tane's housekeeper, but it seems like she's probably more than just that like she might be she's prob- yeah she's like a probably confidant like or something helped out with some of his old schemes yeah so but when 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 tane says oh yeah i'm gonna have to kill her off pretty soon garrick went fucking nuts about it. he's like no don't do that don't oh, yeah yeah but do sad. we think that was just because it was mila or do we think it's like another way to show that he's getting like like chris said like little duller less sharp than he used to be about i, I, think I don't he, think garrick is less sharp than he used to be well no, i don't mean sharp i mean like less brutal i think i don't think garrick I mean. is less brutal than he used to be he tortured know, he clearly yeah, but he clearly feels bad about yeah, it. Yeah, he was like literally crying at the end of it. Odo goes yeah, to his bucket and Garrick like sobs. I'm just saying, I don't think he used to cry. Yeah, no, he. I think the like, crying is new. He I has, think he didn't used to have relationships with the people he was torturing. 
Oh, I don't know if I think that's um, true. He was pretty excited when his uh, fellow uh, spies were killed off. Mm. That's true. But and, now I know, feel like at the end he wants to rescue Tane anyway, despite yeah everything yeah. that's happening. I, I think he's just a guy who, because he's lost all of his connections, like has suddenly begun to realize how much he needed them. Mm. Maybe Tane or Garrick. Garrick. Yeah. Like I think he's begun no, to. F- Tane was psyched that everybody was gone. <laughs> yeah. Probably so Bondi can't kill Garrett. Well, it you know, interestingly, you know, the other Tane episode, the you know, what was it The Wire? That's yeah. the last yeah. time we saw Tane. It was great in that too. Yeah, and Garrick was, you know, that was another instance where Garrick was out of sorts with his captivity, right? Yeah. So it speaks to again to that sense that yeah, Garrick is kind of friends with people, including Julian and Odo just because they're the people that are near him and he doesn't want really to be friends with them probably he'd he'd rather be friends with Cardassians and be doing mm. Cardassian stuff like torturing except now maybe not unless it was Gal Dukat yeah well that's the thing I don't know that he <laughs> would have tortured anybody I mean I, I don't think he would have been upset if he was just if he was torturing just some schmo I think the only reason he was was because it was somebody that he had inadvertently gotten close to yeah but i guess what i mean is i feel like younger garrick would have happily tortured someone he knew Mm. you know like that's what i feel like the difference is like had he been told you know torture your brother he'd been like okie dokie i don't know i feel like garrick wouldn't have that kind of relationship with his brother though i feel like younger garrick wouldn't have this relationship like the kind of the kind of kinship that he starts to feel with odo he wouldn't Mm. have that with anybody from his past yeah. I mean, Maybe he, Mila. He almost I think he had probably may have uh, it with Mila. Again, as we learn in The Wire, he had a, a pretty tight relationship with uh, Elam. <laughs> Worms. I love the story uh, that they told. Like, the, oh yeah, remember when you when you tortured the fuck out of a guy and didn't even touch him? You just stared yeah. at him until the guy was like, his, his eyes! eyes! <laughs> his eyes! I love that detail. That I feels totally like see a the fucking, eyes. That feels like an Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, you have to, you got to rewrite that story to be the eyes, the eyes about Gowron. I was going to say, yeah, Gowron mm. got into the wrong line of work. I think that's, with his eyes, though, it's less like, steely, what's he going to do to me? And it's more like, fuck, he's going to eat my skin. Yeah, that guy is <laughs> yeah, no definitely going to stab me a bunch. <laughs> Even if I tell him what he wants, he's going to just eat my skin. This is, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I get love Gowron. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. I know I'm sure, but it's interesting seeing Garrick, like, do his take on the boy who cried wolf, like refusing to kind of get the human version of the moral. Oh yeah, you know. Well, it's the same way. Is it the same way that he tries to analyze Julius Caesar and is like, why the fuck would this work? Well, yeah. I don't understand why Julius would allow this to happen. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah, that that that's going back to what I was saying at the beginning. Is like, so the I guess the lesson is there that there's hubris that. Caesar thought he was going to be untouchable. Yeah. Uh, and that's the same thing that Tane felt. Is that so? That's that's yeah. the, so the theory. Lovak Brutus? I guess. See, that's the thing. The, re- the reason why it's tragic in Caesar is that Brutus was Caesar's bestie. Bestie, at least in the play. Yeah. So. Well, are you thinking that Tane is Caesar or are you thinking that Garrick is Caesar? I don't know. I, I was trying to I figure out like, everybody, what, what, what everyone was the connection. Is Caesar. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out it was because of the Romulans, like Romulans, Rome. I oh, don't know. What I was getting a little lost in because they, they had this other filler conversation that I'm sure has meaning to whatever writer wrote it in, where Garrick is going on and on. Oh man, humans devour their food and don't get to enjoy it. How can people eat their food like that? When look at that, that person over there ate all their food, and the non-human species, whoever this was, is still enjoying their food. Hmm. In a way, what's the meaning there? I don't know if it was on purpose, but I feel like it kind of sets up when uh, Julian and O'Brien are eating together later, because O'Brien's just like wolfing down his shit and not paying any attention. I just kind of wondered if they were trying to draw a parallel there. I, I'm going to say that makes sense, but also I think it was probably in the script before they even you're had right. the part yeah, two. You're right, yeah, because the second, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, you're right. Oh, uh, I, th- I think... Maybe, I oh, here we go. I have a, I have a, I have a thought. 
Romulans and Cardassians and other aliens have these long fucking plans <laughs> yeah. that last for fucking decades before they hit pay dirt. While human beings just rush into whatever the fuck they want, like fucking Cisco does with the Defiant, and it's just like, let's go rescue Odo for reasons. Idiot. How did, I how, did like the. How can you give a guy a ship called Defiant and then get upset when he doesn't follow <laughs> yeah. us? I didn't give him I the ship. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Let's give our craziest captain this bizarre fucking, our craziest officer, this fucking insane overgunned space hot rod. What could go wrong? (laughs) I like things. I liked the end of the episode when we had like the little Kira Odo moment. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. constable, good to see you. Oh, lieutenant, like whatever. I don't remember exactly what was said, but I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, I kept expecting for the secret that Garrick could get out of Odo would be, by the way, I've got feelings for Major Kira. Yeah, since it fucking seems to keep coming up and Romulans keep sticking their nose in that business. That does remind me, though, something I was wondering, because Garrick accuses Odo of having no sort of, like, emotional connection with anyone. So is this the one thing even Garrick has missed, or is he purposely not mentioning it? I feel like he's just baiting him. Yeah, I'm gonna say the latter. Garrick knows everything. Now, the thing we have to remember, too, is that, um, O'Brien literally died for this, considering that this whole plan wouldn't have worked if the Romulans had destroyed the wormhole a few weeks ago. That's true. Like, what was the, what was going to, like, okay, even if you assume that the Romulans in Visionary were uh, military and not connected to the Tal Shiar, I still find it hard to believe that the Tal Shiar wouldn't have known about this plan. Um, mm. Or about the plan to destroy the wormhole, I mean, the, the plan in Visionary. Uh, what if there were no real Romulans working with the Cardassians and they were all changelings? I got a better one. What if the Romulans, the, the Tal Shiar Romulans, knew that Miles was going to go to the future and fix everything and it wasn't going to be a problem? What if they were the ones causing this whole singularity thing to make, <laughs> make sure that, that Miles, with his radiation poisoning, which... Maybe the Romulans gave him in the first place. I'm sure they See, didn't. I'm sure there was a reason. I was about to say that is too needlessly complex, it's but then so I remembered it's the Romulans. Yeah. Like Cardassian plans are complex, but not but they make sense in the end. Romulan plans are complex and were thought up by Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Yikes. So you know what I'd like to think? I'd like to think that even though he was fucking with Julian, that actually that compartment is real and there is something in Julian there if you to- went looking. Yeah, Julian totally ate something from Garrick's quarters. I mean, it does. I was actually, I was actually hoping it was just going to be chocolates. It does you know how justify he was like, I want to you me. to eat it. And he was like, what? And I expected him to be like, JK, that's where the rest of my chocolates are. And they'll go bad if I've gone too long. I love it. Because I've that, always thought that, that isolinear chips kind of look tasty like they might be made out of like sugar or some kind of hard Believe candy th- this is a nice linear rod which is he said even they better, already look like right? their root beer flavor yeah i also <laughs> oh you could suck on and be so nice take that isolinear rod and stick it up your ass if i'm gone <laughs> yeah. for more than 78 hours yeah, yeah like i said like i said since this wasn't you, 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 you done jake great yeah, like I said, since this wasn't anticipated to be a two-parter and the isolinear rods would have actually been a thing if this had, you know, cut off with just the one-parter. They had they kept the whole illusion or the the whole reference to the isolinear rods in the rewrites to make this a two-parter, which is like, eh, let's just make it a joke between the two of them because they're such friends. Oh, yeah, there's totally we don't, a compartment we don't, there. We don't have time to rewrite the whole scene. Keep whatever you can. Yeah. All right, so speaking of... The Defiant, which we talked about a little bit ago. Eddington fucking mm-hmm. sabotages some shit. And yeah, it was so true. obvious. Like, they weren't trying to make it subtle. All oh, those no, shots. Yeah, he all comes those right shots. Out. No, no, but before that, they have like two or three shots where he's just like sitting and kind of looks over his shoulder like, dun, 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 That's dun, true. Dun. I'm clearly not trustworthy. Also, he's the like only he fucking person in the room who we don't know. Like, obviously, my I was like, he's either going to break something or die. My God, it was Mirror Tuvok again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so he he says, oh, I want to, I don't send me to quarters. I want to stay and do all the work. What what did he say? He says something to the fact of, you know. I give you my word. I give you my you word. And, and Cisco's like, oh, well, I always trust the word of someone in that uniform. I'm like, don't. 
Yeah, Never why? do that. Why? Just because they're in that uniform doesn't mean they're trustworthy. You fool. And literally also, like, one would think that theoretically, since he was operating under Cisco, that his word has been given, even if not spoken aloud, to, like, not stab him in the back. <gasps> Is he Brutus? <laughs> you, you figured it out, Caitlin. I mean, Fucking it could Eddington, be. man. It, it, this is a, just another classic case of Cisco going, let's see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the weirdest sh- man. It's a shame <laughs> that they that they curploded Remington because that this is basically just Remington, right? Like he's just a ca- mm. a character that's been added just so we can dislike them. What what what's a Remington? Wasn't that the guy that well, uh, it's a gun? It's I think it's also a typewriter. No. Wasn't remember there was that other security officer they introduced in like no, season one no, or two? I'm talking about Remington? No, Remington. Oh, the fucking the guy, the guy that did the the inspection on the Enterprise and then turned out to be an alien, and then they sh- oh, shot him and blew shit, up his head. TNG, yeah. Oh, was it Remington? Wow, okay. No, was somebody really? else? It was. What? I forget. The guy who, yeah, the guy who got his head exploded. Yeah. What was his fucking and, and the only reason I bring was... him up is just because the whole idea that there's a character who's been introduced just to be an antagonist. Mm. Uh, and that's what it feels like with Eddington. Eddington. We're just like, yeah, okay. There's nothing likable about this guy. Yeah, because even like Primin, like Odo didn't like him, but he wasn't necessarily, like he was a bit of a hayseed. So you felt like we as the audience were supposed to be kind of like, yeah, he's probably fine. Oh, no, it was Remick, not Remington. Remick. Dexter Remick. Remick. There it is. That's what it was. Now I remember. I, I was this close to finding the I was mixed. I was, I was, I was portmanteauing Remick and Eddington into mm-hmm. Remington. Yes. Mm. Which, like I said, I think is a type of gun and a type of it typewriter. You're, you're, you're probably correct. Also, uh, Remington Steel, TV show starring Pierce Brosnan. Also, Legend, a great TV show featuring the great RDJ, RDA... And um, Delancey. I mean, it was a one season western on UPN. Dude, it's amazing. It's the best show ever. They would both later be featured in uh, Stargate. Like, I think uh, pretty much if not for Voyager, UPN wouldn't have lasted a year. Um, well, Voyager was like UPN launch, launch uh, vehicle. Yeah, it was. UPN had a Thursday Night Smackdown. They would have been fine for a while. Oh, I forgot they had wrestling. Is wrestling that That's popular right. that it could support a whole station i mean in the 90s it was still pretty really huge. i never like i uh, see i never got into wrestling so i never really neither did it. i but i had a lot of relatives i'm who pretty were, sure so. the 90s was when i was into wrestling so yeah i would confirm hmm. this is the biggest on-screen battle that we've seen so far in star trek huh. they yeah, took makes sense yeah they took 20 days of molten mo- uh, motion control shooting for all the special effects scene which is a record wow. for a one hour days show. holy shit they they had the most out like exterior ship scenes I think that we've seen so far. Nice, yeah. it's it's nuts. Like you know, with the the time where the um, Defiant has to fly through some exploding Jem'Hadar ships, they're very proud of that and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it looked pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, this is like, admittedly, I was watching it on a tablet, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but again, I wonder. So those were shot. Those were filmed. Yeah. Hmm. So that, they could actually upscale that, probably. Yeah. I know that one of the reasons why they, like... So, you know, they did the, the HD transfers of TNG. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do that because all of everything was on film. So they were able to recut everything from the original negatives and then scan it at HD. But they did have to recomposite all of the effect shots, which was hugely right. time-consuming. But I know that another problem with, especially with DS9 and Voyager, is that in DS9 in the later seasons and, and in Voyager, they used more CG. And mm-hmm. those were all done at video resolution. So, and I'm willing to bet that like effects like, you know, Odo melting are all done at video resolution. So those would all have to be redone. Yeah. So that's probably why we'll never actually get HD DS9. Which sucks. Yeah, when I think I remember too, they spent a lot of money on the TNG HD remasters, and they didn't sell as well as they. Well, they were selling they them for like a hundred bucks per season. Yikes! It's like no one can afford that. Shit. Do it for what? For TNG? Yeah. 
For, that's like seven hundred fucking dollars. That's crazy. Who the fuck's gonna do that? Yeah, when they were when they first came out with those DVDs, with those uh, their Blu-ray sets, they I think I'm pretty sure they were originally at like a hundred dollars per season. That's yikes. That is woof. You know what though? Honestly, they probably did that knowing they weren't gonna get it except from some of the really hardcore nerds. Mm, I don't know because I mean, they put, they, you know they spent the money on it. Right now, I thought yeah. it cost a lot of money. I just it. also think it was like the worst time too because. Uh, you know, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, even though it's still out today, you know, and you can still get them and a lot of people do, I still feel like it's playing second fiddle to streaming at this point. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like people aren't buying yeah. this yeah, shit Blu-ray, Blu-ray launched, like, right before streaming became yeah. huge. So. And like, so, like, people will people will buy a, a first-run movie on Blu-ray, maybe, but no one's buying TV series on Blu-ray at this point. Well, I'm definitely not buying them on Blu-ray if I already had them on DVD. That's for sure. And especially, and now you can get them streaming, which is the same yeah. quality as Blu-ray. Hmm. For well, the most part. yeah, but like a lot of the time, you can't get. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I want to watch on streaming, they just don't have. Oh yeah. Listen, you got you got to get the DVD so you get all the special effects and the bloopers. Mmm, the bloopers. Mm. All you can watch that shit on YouTube. Oh, that's probably, yeah, that's true. You can see a lot of it on YouTube. Yeah. It's just such a weird media thing. Do you see anybody remember in the 90s, or maybe it was like the early 2000s, there was a commercial, I want to say it was for a company called Quest Communications, and it's like this guy going to this shitty-ass hotel, uh, like motel on, on an abandoned road, and it's really scummy, and and the and he goes up to the, to the girl at the counter, and he's like, I'd like a room, do you have air conditioning? He's like, no, we don't have air conditioning, and... I don't remember what the whole scene was, but anyway, the, the, the end of the scene was the hook on it was like, well, do you at least have cable? And she's like, well, we have every movie ever made in any language, day or night, at your thing. And I was like... No, I don't remember this Oh, commercial. it was like, uh, I remember seeing that all the time. Uh, did anybody yeah. remember an IBM commercial voiced by Avery Brooks where he defines the word epiphany? No. Oh. Oh, you don't no, find I- that. That sounds good. I only remember the IBM commercial where he demands to know where his flying car is. Mm. Do you remember the AT&T commercials where it's like, you can send a fax from the beach? No. Why would anyone want to do <laughs> because that? Because it was like... Er- Let's get back to it Star It was Trek. early 90s and AT&T was like showing, oh, here's all the technology that's going to be coming. And they got a lot of it right, but a lot of fax. it was like the future according to the 90s. So sending a fax yeah. from the beach was actually kind of neat. Cool. Last note I have... In a cutscene, Admiral Todman uh, admitted that he bet on Bashir to win the Carrington Award that we remember from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> nice. You lost me a lot of money, Bashir. Coming for you. <laughs> this is why I'm not letting you guys go out in the defiant. Yeah. Admiral Todman seems like a real Todman, if you know what I mean. No, I, I don't. don't. Could you explain? I don't know. I just seem like a tool. Yeah. I, was confused. I was confused about the fact that he was in gold. Yeah, you don't see a lot of admirals in gold. Yeah. He's the, the, maybe they, they maybe the only uniform they had that was his size was a gold one. Maybe. And they were like, Do you know how much money we just spent on this fight scene? We can't make a new Or maybe outfit. because he's kind of like a Starfleet security admiral as opposed to like yeah, a maybe. commander. Like to add to like to medical admirals wear blue? Probably. Are there medical admirals or did they just go into sciences? I would imagine at the very least there must be like a Starfleet head of medicine who's probably an admiral yeah. were those guys in court martial admirals because they wore department colors probably they probably were they at least i don't know rear admirals commodores i don't know commodore mm-hmm. oh yeah she she was uh wearing gold right yep oh, commodore's equivalent typing oh sorry i should use my phone cool one of them was a Commodore, the rest were captains. Oh. Great. We got anything else to say about this episode? Because I feel like we yeah, haven't we, talked about it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, we wound up in a weird place. I liked it. Spy shenanigans, Garrick being Garrick, double crossings, triple crossings, anything's a dick. It was a good time. Yeah, I actually liked it a lot. I liked it a lot better than I think anything that we did last week. <laughs> what if somebody tried to... I don't to, know, I don't Walking know. Miles Die was great. What happened if somebody tried to... Mirror Universe. Udo? If, if you put Odo in an oven, do you think he would rise, or do you think he would be like a really dense bread? I bet he would escape. I feel like Probably he'd right. turn into. I feel like he'd turn into whatever I found at the bottom of my coffee pot last week when 
I forgot there was like a little bit of coffee left and kept it on for several no. hours. No, you gotta get one with an See, auto shut off. Dude. has an auto, auto shut off. All right. Caitlin, get us out of here. Oh, I need next week's episode. They're at the top of that block of text I wrote. It's Explorers oh. and Family Matters. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition and the grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. All right, I won't do the whole thing. We are very Do you know the rest of the words? I know most of the words. Oh, shit. We are very lucky that considering how big he was in the 90s, we never wound up with uh, Jaleel White on Star Trek. Did I do that? Oh, is that who that is? Yeah. Oh, I could imagine, though, if, oh, they would have put him in, uh, they would have made, they would have had him instead of, um... Jake Sisko? Wh- what's her fucking Kubak. name? The one that spilled the coffee on Picard? Oh, Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez. Oh, yeah. It would have been, been Urkel. Anyway, this concludes episode 177 of A Star to Steer Her By. Next week, we will do it again, talk about more Star Trek, and we will discuss uh, episodes Explorers and Family Business. Once again, this week, we are completely bereft of Rules of Acquisition, which is a real fucking bummer. Did we even bummer. have Quark this week? Was he in it at all? You know, come to think of it, I don't think he was. Briefly, I think, where he try, was trying to convince uh, Garrick and... Julian, they had a new lunch menu. Oh, that's and they right. Come to his place. That's he. Br- he brought them. That. They. He brought that was them weeks mimosas. Ago. That, was that was like two that was, weeks ago. No, Julian's thirtieth you know birthday episode. And you know why yeah. you thought of that, and when I why I agreed so quickly is because I was thinking about gay gay brunch mimosas, but that was actually Garrick and Tane yes. drinking their mimosas together. Yeah. Those look tasty. They did look so good. Apparently, Armin Sherman's ironclad contract didn't uh, keep him in this episode. Well, I was going to say, it's too, not an we... ironclad contract. There are a number of episodes I know, he's not in. I know, but we made it, uh, we've made a joke about to, it before. So. Not to give away our timing, but did you guys see Armin Sherman's lovely tweet oh. about Renee? I did, and I cried. Oh. It was so sad. I did sad. not see it. He basically posted, like, happy birthday, Renee, and then he wrote, like, oh, how so I miss much. you or yeah. something. And I was like, ugh. So. But that led me to following Nana Visitor on Twitter, and she gave a great suggestion for how to make a great margarita. So it wasn't all a loss. Uh, Anyway, speaking of (laughs) all a loss, the time you spent listening to this, it's gone forever. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But (laughs) if you liked that and you want to hear more, uh, you can find us, I mean, wherever you found us this time, but we're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. We have many places on the internet where you can check us out. We're most active on our Facebook, where you can find us by searching for A Star to Steer Her By. However, we are also on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast, or you can visit our website, SSHBpodcast.com. I have been Caitlin. This has been Chris. We've really fucked up the order. Uh, yeah, it's me, then Jake, then Chris, then Ames. Yeah. So let's try uh, I'll it try again. one more time. Okie dokie. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. See, I never got into wrestling, so I never really. Neither did I, but I had a lot of relatives. I'm pretty sure the 90s was when I was into wrestling, so yeah, I would confirm. Hmm. Yeah, that was like early. Like by then, it was starting to wane. But I remember the early 90s was like a fucking golden age. Did I ever tell you how I uh, I almost was uh, the UPN 38 kid correspondent? What? No. No. Tell us the story, please. So there was a um, like an open call for. Uh, they wanted to do this. I don't even know what it really entailed, but it was called the Kid Correspondent when they launched UPN. And the idea was they would have a kid that would do like remotes, I guess, on UPN 38, which was the Boston you know, UHF uh, uh, UPN affiliate. And um, they had this open call at the Arsenal Mall and there were like thousands of people there. 
uh, and I made it to the to the final callback. And you know, the first audition was just like go up and sing a song and you know do kid shit. But then the second one was like okay, and it was still at the mall and it was public. There were people everywhere, and uh, they wanted you to uh, do a bunch of different little like oh news. This is like what news things would be. So you had to do like a like an anchor desk skit, and you had to do this. And one of the things was interview a hockey player and i don't remember who the hockey player was it was a bruin and at the time this is like early 90s right i i wasn't a hockey fan i wasn't a sports fan so i had no idea i the what i knew about hockey was man smash that you know men smashing into each other men smashing into the boards fights things like that that was the extent of my hockey knowledge at the time yeah so i went to my mom like mom i need to interview this hockey player and uh, I don't know what to ask him. Like, what, what question should I ask a hockey player? My mother was like, oh, ask him what a hat trick is. And, you know. That's, it, a, that's a bad it's question. It's a terrible question, but I think. Because that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's an objective question. That was, a, ha- that was a, word, a hockey word that my mom knew. And I was like, okay, great. So then like two seconds before I was supposed to go out there and interview this hockey player, my mother runs up and goes, no, no, don't ask him that question. That's a dumb question. <laughs> so, and then I had to go out and I'm like, fuck. So I go out there and I ask, and I go up to the guy and I'm like, and imagine little Jake going up to this guy and being like, so, um, I, uh, so you're a hockey player. Um, now I, I, I know hockey players get really clobbered. Can, can you tell me about a time when, <laughs> When you got clobbered? <laughs> Did you really? That's the best word for it. Um, yeah, I, I just remember saying clobbered a bunch of times. <laughs> and then, you know, the thing ended. The guy was good about it. And, and What was his answer? I don't remember. Jeez, I don't remember the answer. I just remember being... Wait, how old were you? This was like at the UPN launch. So this would have been like 94, 93, 94. So, I remember so you were like, what, nine? Eight, eight or yeah, nine. Like yeah. Eight or nine. And um, see, when you say little you, I just picture your current head on a child's body. <laughs> just like like DK and mode and, uh, yeah. and Goldeneye. Exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, I didn't I didn't get the part. It was a damn shame. How could they not give you the part? You know, it, that, well, that clobbering question. Yeah, is really, that's, a really that's, question. that's you're getting to the fucking the, the hard stuff, man. That's bullshit. Well, what's interesting is I, I try to look for it. Ever since, like, I never, I don't know if they ever did anything with that, because I don't, never found any, like, you know, because I'd watch UPN to see if there were, like, any kid correspondent things, so I could be angry about it, and I never, uh, never saw any, so I don't know, maybe they didn't end up doing it. Maybe. Hmm. That's fascinating. You've lived a though. fucking incredible life, Jake. I mean that. Well, thank you. It's not sarcasm. I, mean, I just, I really like your stories. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, always I'm, like, did I ever tell you about this fucking completely weird shit that other people have never done type of shit? And it's so cool. I also met Doin at the Arsenal Mall. That's right. I've told what that. was he doing there? I've, I've told I, um, that I haven't got to though. do that in a long time. I just, you know, it probably got canceled because from what I recall, I don't really know hockey, but my parents, you know, followed sports lightly. They follow mostly football now, but... I feel like the 80s, like, the Celtics were really good, and I think the Bruins had done okay, but then in the 90s, they were both terrible. So the program was canceled because one of the children after you went up and said, how come you guys suck right now? And he just flipped out and clobbered the kid. <laughs> he clobbered him, of course. That's the, that's the time that you got clobbered. Yeah. Speaking of getting clobbered, one more, one more Star Trek thing I wanted to bring up.